Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis in, in, in an odd off week um, situation where we're not really doing any work so here's some shit we shout out. Um, I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are he and him. And we are gonna, we're going to be talking about some prestige TV. I, I've been I've been watching Game of Thrones all the way through the last few weeks. Don't why? ask why. I don't. I just said don't ask why. Um, and you think Jamie's going to heed? Why like that? <laughs> You're not the boss well, of me. <laughs> I, I I think we 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 wanted to talk about like prestige TV for a little while, and this isn't really going to be it probably, but we'll, we'll make a stab at it because fuck it, we've got some content to put out. And we're all here and we've got some time, so let's do it. It buys us a week off between Christmas and New Year. Um, so, rather than, you know, rather than scour whatever the fuck's on HBO, I thought, let's have a look elsewhere. So, we have asked Sinan to come on to speak to us about some Turkish prestige TV. Sinan. That's right. Hey, everyone. How we doing? Not a book this time, so everyone can relax. Yeah, there aren't any books this cool, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, I suppose I should do the pronoun thing, right? I keep yeah. forgetting you do that. Yeah, it's uh, they, them. Nice. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, I, I remembered pronouns. <laughs> I remembered exactly two <laughs> words. Not, I, even, I always... not even two words. The same, like, two different forms of the same word. Yeah. I, I always say to it. James that uh, they, them is the hard mode of pronouns, and uh, you managed to nail it, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congratulations. I, yep. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we, we talked about this a bit on a piece at home bonus, actually, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it it's, it drove everyone suitably insane, which is good. Well, actually, I think it was just one of the me and Jamie ones when Ben was off yeah. doing whatever they do on that island they live on. I don't know. The even Cult- more normal island off the coast. Off cultivating the coast. some kind of lung disease. Yeah, by the sounds <laughs> of it. I hope they're okay, because yeah. it sounds really bad. But yeah, I I, fa- I found some I found some Turkish prestige TV shows. It's kind of a new genre of thing that came out in Turkey, where they suddenly started making these high production dramas. Uh, the ones I showed you are sequel series to because they're sort of funnier than the original ones. They sort of take a more clownish Turkish Star Warsy vibe in some elements of it, which is <laughs> when which I, is when good. I was... When I was watching the clips that you uh, you put in our DM, I was actually sort of thinking, like, this is actually quite, like, sometimes the audio is a little shonky, but, like, otherwise, the production value is actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, I, I was, ex- I'll be honest, my expectations weren't high. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Like, um, they, they, this is sort of a new wave of Turkish TV. I think, like, the first proper, proper version of these shows that are, like, high production drama sort of things. Not high production, but high production value, like good camera, good audio, you know, good good sort of um, costumes and stuff. I think it was probably Fatma Gülün Suçine, which is uh, like, it's a really, really grim show, so I didn't share any of it. There's nothing funny about that show. I also don't like it, so, but it was like the first Turkish show that like got mass, like marketing outside of Turkey. So it was big in like the Balkans and stuff and in the Baltics. It, like my partner... <laughs> like knew all of the turkish tv shows i was mentioning to her because they were on tv there because they were the only good tv shows that their tv stations could afford to buy the license for it was either that or russian tv and you know they're not they're not they weren't fans of it even in like 2008 
So they just they just got all the Turkish stuff in. I have to say, I would I would love to see uh, Russia's vision for like a Russian Game of Thrones or something along those lines. This is the thing. Like my partner, my partner and I both like you know we like a song of ice and fire we like the books and we liked the tv show up until a certain point but i think we'll get into that a bit later mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but she she keeps saying like oh if only the people who did uh mutashem yuzil which is the prequel to that one with the emperor who slaps people if only the people who did that <laughs> did game of thrones because the episodes are like two hours long two and a half hours long but also none of it is filler is yeah. is kind yeah. of the it's the it's the insane thing so you basically each episode is a movie in itself. So they basically and there are like a hundred and eighty episodes of it. So, so it's insane. And, and how much how much slapping is in there? In Mutashem, in the original Mutashem Yuzio, I don't think there was much slapping. I think there oh. was like a bit of slapping. Like I don't think the Emperor did much slapping in that one. But <laughs> there was another one I showed you, which was Payatat Abdul Hamid. I think it was. I'd forget which emperor, which one of the loser emperors they're they're depicting in that one. But he slaps a British ambassador because <laughs> yeah. of a train being redirected. <laughs> which, given the situation in the UK, I guess is is topical <laughs> to an extent. But yeah, that that's that show is really like, and all of these shows are kind of propaganda pieces anyway. They're they're all sort of reflecting the values of a particular type of Turkish person. Because there's um it's so basically Turkey under Erdogan got quite a bit richer. Like its GDP tripled in the before the financial crash. So from two thousand two to two thousand eight GDP tripled. Which is insane. Like no country had growth on that level really anywhere. So there's now a new middle class and the middle class wants to watch TV. But a lot of that middle class is like uh what I, what my parents would call Anatolian dipshits. Because they're from Istanbul <laughs> and they don't like town people anywhere with less than a million people and it's a fucking town and they hate it which is why they chose to live in reading uh rip them i guess <laughs> but but yeah i'm seeing a lot of parallels between a certain phase of uh turkey the state of turkey and britain so i under I, it's all sort of sort of falling into place i think yeah it's normal peninsula normal peninsula yeah and obviously i came up with a good one for america which was manifest normality which I thought was really good. <laughs> like, I, I think that's really good, but if there's no American equivalent of Praxis cast, so no one can have that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, little, um, it's a little podcast you might have heard it. I think it's called Chapo Trap House. <laughs> you know. I, I love that whenever anyone discovers, like, a left-wing, like, shit-posty vibe British podcast, like, it's Chapo, and I'm like, there are way fewer slurs, like, being said here. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry. But yeah, so I sh- I showed you three shows. I really showed you two main shows, but I sh- I mainly showed you like um, I showed you Mutashem Yuzil Kesem, which is named after uh, Kesem Sultan. Who there's this period of time in the Ottoman Empire called the Sultanate of Women, where basically all of the like sultans were like incapable dipshits, like just completely useless. They'd be drinking a lot. They'd be like insane or something like that. Like, you know, like they'd go around slapping people, for example. Yeah. Uh, is is that a representative amount of slapping? The thing, is, right? So the thing is, the way they there's something interesting about the way these shows depict history, because with Kasem, like with this Muhtasem Yusuf Kasem, we know a lot less about Sultan Murad's like inner life 
than we do about Suleiman, which is why I didn't show you the first show, because the first show is largely, like, based on the actual things we know about him, because Suleiman was, like, a poet, and he wrote a lot, and that show's great because there was actually a complaint to the Turkish, uh, like, broadcast regulator, uh, the Supreme Board of Television and Radio, as it's called in Turkey, which is very normal. It's so much fucking better than Ofcom. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's 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 good, right? But it's also a bit, um, I suppose, a bit exact. It's sort of like exaggerating its own yeah, importance a little it bit. It sounds it sounds very much like they should have a Death Star. Yeah, I, and many many believe they do. But there was actually a complaint. I'm going to try and find the exact text. Ah, uh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. So there was um, so basically some a bunch of seventy thousand complaints were made about the show. And a lot of them referred to it as disrespectful, indecent, and, he- and hedonistic portrayal of the historic sultan. <laughs> and the Supreme Board of Radio and Television came out and were like, look, we received 70,000 complaints. So the TV channel that ran it originally was called Show TV. And they go, you have to publicly apologize for wrongly exposing the privacy of a historical person. <laughs> like, that. like, I'm sorry, the motherfucker's dead. Like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy about it. He's dead. I don't yeah, think he's, he's going to mind too much. He's dead and historical. So, yeah, like, you yeah, can't sorry. Really not expose his like, life. Also, like, I don't want to be that guy about it, but if he didn't want his life to be made into a TV show, he simply should not have written extensive volumes of poetry under an anonymous <laughs> handle that we know is him because he's too much of a dweeb to, like, hide his handle properly. For people who know, wonder what Suleiman the Magnificent's poetry handle was. I gave you all was, the clues, Mr. Historian. Yeah, he, well, he did. His his um his handle was Muhibi, which means lover. So you know he's a real like, like angsty teenage kind of vibe to it. <laughs> but yeah, the um, but this 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 show was really popular in Turkey. It was insanely popular abroad, and Erdogan even had to condemn the show because he said it was showing uh history in a negative light to younger generations, which I don't think is true. I think it's like actually a pretty solid piece of propaganda to have interesting tv shows made about your history and yeah, yeah and, i mean and, it's and, it's it's something that uh i mean th- like the west uh you know exerts soft power through um thinly well i'll say not even thinly veiled in many cases like propaganda in the forms of like uh, you know, Marvel and all that shit, and like you know, like lower lower scale stuff, like uh, you know, TV series, uh, like prestige TV series. Um, I, I mean, there are just too many to count, really. So, exerting influence in that way is actually is like, and choosing not to do that, pretty much, is kind of uh, an interesting decision to make. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the one of the things about these TV series is they are really popular in... Uh, so, Mutashem Yuzio and Mutashem Yuzio Kesem are really popular in the former Ottoman Empire. So, you know, like the Balkans and the Middle East and North Africa. And also now, apparently, the Baltics and stuff like that. But they're really popular there because it's their history as well, right? Like, th- this, is the yeah. his- th- this is their history as well, to an extent. And the thing that's interesting about Erdogan not liking it is... It, these shows really like put the the like Muslim value element of it to the forefront. Like in the show, uh, in Mutashem Yuzio, the original show, Hurem, who Europeans call Roxolana, but is um, Suleiman's favorite concubine uh, historically and in the show, tricks Suleiman into marrying him because she tricks him into freeing her as a slave, 
because that's what all the harem girls were. They were slaves. And then yeah. she goes, actually, you can't have sex with me until we get married because I'm a free woman, not a slave. So you're going to have to marry me now. So she and so basically she used the horny on main emperor to become an actual empress. <laughs> Whereas like his original like uh, wife was fucking fuming about it, and there's this great court intrigue about you know trying to put your son on the throne because there's no legal succession law. Well, there is a succession law. There's a succession law which is that the first son who reaches Istanbul gets to be emperor and then has to kill his brothers. <laughs> hmm. that, by the way, that's real. That's the real succession law of the Ottoman Empire. So you could tell who the preferred heir was by what governorship they were given. So if you were given like Manisa, like Suleiman was, which is like uh, in Anatolia, but not too close to Istanbul, you're kind of like, okay, maybe I want you to be the emperor. We'll see how it goes. But obviously Suleiman's dad killed his brothers because they rebelled against him. So it was it was kind of a done deal at that point. So they just left him in Manisa. But if they put you in like, I don't know, Egypt... I mean that's like a that's like a two month journey by boat. You're fucked. You're gonna get killed, right? Yeah. It's it's over. If you if you were the Ottoman Emperor's son and you got put in Egypt, not not that they ever gave Egypt to the sons because it was complicated, but if you got put somewhere like you know Palestine, done. You're gonna die. You you're counting down basically. So you have no choice but to rebel at that point. Otherwise, you will be murdered, and all your kids will be murdered, and your wife will be murdered. Well, not the women children will be your, your daughters will be fine, but your sons and you and your wife will all be killed. So you have to revolt. It's not a good system when you think about it. No, no actually, no, I can see but, a few flaws. Yeah, but the the thing is that like members of the I will like, say government... though, I will oh, say sorry. though, it would be very funny if the British royal family adopted that rule. Yeah, well, I mean, wouldn't that mean Charles <laughs> has to kill Andrew publicly? Specifically, having to go to Istanbul as well. Yeah, like having to get a flight out to Istanbul <laughs> to get girded as the emperor. Oh no, but yeah, so that was billionaires as well. First person to make it to Little St James. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so like the AKP even had like MPs who came out and were like, "We want to outlaw these types of shows that misrepresent historical figures." But they ended up not doing it because it turns out these shows are really popular. People really like these shows, and Motoshem Yozil was probably like the main really really popular one in the Balkans. But the other show I showed you was one called Kurulush Osman, which is the sequel to Dirilish Ertorov. So, like, it's kind of a complicated thing, but um, Osman is the founder of the Ottoman dynasty. Hence, you know, Ottoman, Osman. Makes sense, right? And the thing with that show is it's really popular. It's not popular in, like, the former Ottoman Empire, which because it's not depicting an Ottoman Empire that's part of that history. It's really popular in, like, Pakistan in particular, which I find very odd. <laughs> yeah. So like whenever Terate, which is like the Turkish state TV thing, they go out and they, they interview people about, they interview like foreign people about the shows. And it's always like Pakistani people being like, oh yeah, you know, it depicts great family values and Islamic values and stuff. And I'm like, I feel like most of that show is like, Osman shows up, beats the shit out of an old man and then ranks up. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not even kidding it's i kind of compare that one more to vikings than to like game of thrones so there's like turkish vikings and turkish game of thrones if you like yeah is that, is that the one where they're all sat around with the the sick song playing yeah that song is really good yeah um but the, thi the thing well, is that I, guy I playing the little um flashback mm. part in that where um Yggdrasil, the world tree grows out of him while he's lying that... down <laughs> no no but that no but is that's that a sun language theory well, not quite. That's actually a for real myth, by the way. That's that's not like 
That's not like a thing the showrunners put in. There's this myth about Osman, which is that when uh, at one night he dreamt of a great tree springing from his uh, chest because that represented the like lineage he would leave behind in the Ottoman Empire. Right. It's 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 like it's like a legitimate like myth that they put in there about him, and it wasn't it wasn't some language theory so much as there is a bit of it going on, I guess, because in that show they make a big deal of like the the so uh, he's not leading the Ottoman Empire, obviously he's leading something called the Kaya tribe at that point, which is a sort of it still exists actually. That tribe sued a political party in Turkey for copying their like. Um, their sort of runic symbol as their party logo, which I, I find very funny because <laughs> I don't really understand. It's it's not it's not like I think they did do it on purpose, and I think they did absolutely copy it. But so I'll show you the uh, what I'll do is I'll show you the flag of the tribe. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my shit if the picture you post here is bap. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's the one thing you remember. Yeah. But yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it in like podcast guests for you. So this is the flag of the tribe, right? So that's like a runic symbol that means Kaya in Old Turkic, right? Like that's right. just, um, like it's kind of like um, Japanese, where like the symbol just means that it doesn't represent any letters or anything. And then yeah. there's... for the listeners at home, the symbols are like I Y I E E. E. Yeah, E. And now this is the logo of the party. I don't know how this is going to look on... Uh... But yeah, look at the the bit on the right is really what you're looking at here. Yeah. E. Yeah, E. E, e means, by the way, good. So this is the good party. The good party. <laughs> I'm not even... And by the way, this is the fourth biggest party in Parliament. It's the second biggest party in the opposition alliance. And it is ostensibly a liberal centre-right party that believes in oh, secularism... Good. And liberal democracy, but it's led by a woman called Meral Akshener, who is a former fascist who personally oversaw the depopulation <laughs> of Kurdish areas of Turkey. Well, it's not. It's not like fascists to lie. No, no. And also, I keep seeing like pieces in like lib European publications that like Meral Akshener, she's gonna save Turkey, and I'm like, she, her her electorate are fascists. They're just they're lying to you. How are you this stupid? Like. That, um... Anyway. That tribal flag there looks like one of those fucking optical illusions they post on Twitter occasionally, you know, where it's like a lamp against a fucking flesh tone wall. <laughs> everyone's like, bro, I, I, I was about to risk it all. <laughs> Are you saying you want to bang the Kaya tribe logo? Is that Maybe. <laughs> I think it's I might be a thick. member of that. I, I think I might be a member of that tribe, so I don't know if I'm offended or not. Um, <laughs> um, there, there are like two million people who are a member of it, so I don't know. There's oh, some statistics. They, they could all like just form a queue in my garden to give me the slap. Yeah, the Ottoman <laughs> slap coming to yeah. Jamie. <laughs> but yeah, it even says split from Nationalist Movement Party, which is a far right ultra nationalist political party. Which yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that is where a liberal party would split from. <laughs> fucking, I fucking hate. I like, I hate Moral Akshana. So like, this is a thing that I'm saving for the piece at home. Because I fucking hate this particular party and this particular woman so much. But I hate the party she split from more, so I kind of put up with it. Imagine a shit post left party called the bad party just to be like, you know. <laughs> the bad party. Well, that would just. Home the irony. Uh, to be fair, you'd get in trouble for that, I think. You're not just, allowed to uh, use negative words in your party name, I don't think. Just flip the oh, P upside the down party. on BAP. Ah. <laughs> just rotate the P on BAP. 
Yeah, to the bad party. And to just keep the Jaguar <laughs> jumping through the drum. Don't yeah. even change that. I think we're legally allowed to make merch of that because that party's defunct and no one owns the logo. So nice. we, we should probably do that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I've just looked up the E-Party position on NATO, which is that it's crucial for it to be part of the Western Bloc, which I, I'm not I'm not into at all. Oh, dear. Anyway. Just imagine, <laughs> though, imagine, though, if this fascist woman wins an election and then you have, she... like, fucking think pieces from every Western journalist talking about how she's, like, it's such a win for, like, girl bosses everywhere. We came really close. Like, I, like, like there was a point in the last presidential election where she looked like she'd come in second and that it was going to go to a runoff. But mercifully, th- th- she didn't get to the runoff because there wasn't one. And the uh, Republican People's Party candidate, who was a former physics teacher who turned out to be a complete dipshit after the election, like outperformed his party by like 12% or something and, and did, <sighs> did quite well. Because he just went around being a vaguely normal dude and it turned out people kind of responded to that. Yeah, people like that look. Yeah, people like vaguely normal dudes. Also, is this your physics liberal teachers, hero? Geography teachers, yeah. Yeah, is this your liberal hero? Actually, to be fair, the physics teacher thing was used as a slight against him because I heard people say, you know, if he was any good at physics, he wouldn't have been a physics teacher. <laughs> 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 Which you down in the physics means? That's it. Yeah, this is how this is how people think in Turkey. I'm afraid, but yeah, I, I, I will I will say that I, I I there is a section on the death penalty. Um, her party's death penalty policy, which is they're in favour of reinstating the death penalty. And they, you and, can only say good because it's coming from the good party. Yeah, yeah. and they, and they think, in fact, they have two very specific instances of the death penalty. There should be death penalty for terrorism crimes and violence against women. That's it. Those are the only two cases where um, should, death uh, penalty is applicable. Apparently, they should run over here. I oh, they like would the, smash the, it. The politically oh, yeah. homeless would be overjoyed. <laughs> oh yeah, like uh, aside from the, they, yeah, they wanna they wanna join the EU. You know, they're in. You know, they don't want to protect animals necessarily. They're really into women's rights on a superficial level. Wow, I wonder, I wonder how this political block would uh, enmesh itself with Fortress Europe because I'm, I'm not seeing any similarities whatsoever. Yeah, like huh. the thing is, Turkey has like a particular role in Fortress Europe, which is as the door gatekeeper. Basically, Turkey is basically Europe's bouncer for refugees. <laughs> And what Turkey's desperately trying to do is make Syria Europe's bouncer so that it can kick all of its refugees out. And this is a party for people like that, but who don't want to say it out loud. There is a party for people who say it out loud there, but that that party's led by a fucking cunt. Like, I really fucking hate that guy as well. I hate everyone in Turkey, in senior in politics, apparently. <laughs> it's it's just, just, like, generally really, despi- a really despicable political class, much like the UK, actually. But yeah, that guy is a real piece of shit. Umut Özdağ, I really fucking hate him. He basically, uh, Jamie will remember, we talked about uh, the Istanbul pogrom on Peace at Home. Yeah. Uh, he basically justifies it. He tries to justify it. He says it was probably fine. It's probably justified, you know. I mean, again, the par- the parallels are, I was going to say shocking, but like really run very deep with uh, the political class here, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there is a reason these peninsula. I say Japan, Turkey, and Britain are the same country, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> especially because of this, because apparently the good party explicitly denies genocide as well. So that's so I don't even understand the need for that other dickheads party. That these people get <laughs> cover it as well. I suppose that's why they're polling four percent instead of like fifty or whatever. But still, 
Anyway, I fucking hate this party. Uh, that and yeah, so that tribal symbol Kaya is from that. Bit of a digression from the TV shows there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Christmas. We can do that, you know. Yeah, we can do it the fuck we like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No what are you gonna listen, do? Listen it's to Spain. What are you gonna do? Listen to another podcast? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like the these shows are these shows are big, and the the sort of thing about that Osman show is it depicts like you know it depicts a really weird period in turkish history that doesn't get taught much in schools aside from basically the way turkish history gets taught to turkish people or like at least the popular conception of it is is like uh the gukturks in central asia then seljuk who conquers like persia and anatolia then it's the sultanate of rome then it's like question mark question mark question mark because they don't want to admit they got owned by the mongols and genghis khan then it's osman then it's like question mark. We didn't do anything from 1876 to 1923. Then it's the Republic. That's that's basically how it gets taught. And this is kind of in set in a question mark period, where they're all nominally vassals of the Ilkhan in Iran, which is like one of the four divisions of the Mongol Empire at the time. And one of the main story arcs is uh, them beefing with the Ilkhan and like beating him in battle, and then just getting to be independent of him. So there's just like this whole thing where they just start imposing these really weird anachronistic ideas of like Turk, right? It's like Turkish nationalism, but yeah. in a time when no one would have thought about it. Because like, because like nation state as we imagine, it's like a modern thing. It's not like a 1290 thing. Yeah, <laughs> but they're acting like it's a 1290 thing because they have like um. So the so the Ilkhan they depict is a guy called Gehatu, who. Was uh, he was the Ilkhan for like five years because he inherited the throne at the age of sixty-five? Stop me if that sounds familiar. <laughs> and um, his whole thing was he was made the governor of Anatolia with his uncle, and was soup. And so he was based out of a city called Erzincan, which is in eastern Turkey. And his whole like thing is that his whole thing, the whole thing, the actual historical Gehatu is famous for is being super tolerant and like having actually having quite a peaceful reign where the only person who revolted against him was his son, who killed him and then took the throne off it. Which is like, oh, whatever. That's, could that's... you imagine? Yeah, well... <laughs> William finally gets a bright idea. William watches the Turkish prestige drama and goes, that's very interesting. What <laughs> if... <laughs> what if What's I this stayed... about having to go to Istanbul? Yeah, <laughs> what if I got to Istanbul before my father and killed him there? Like, completely misinterpreting what the thing was. I'm just imagining this guy had like a really peaceful like five year reign because he was just sat around watching Countdown. I mean, okay, so Gehatu is famous signing for being up, a drunk. Signing up for uh, life insurance so he gets a free pen from Michael Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> he He's actually famous for being a drunk, like constantly drinking. And he was like nominally Muslim as well. So like he, he he's doing the thing. The thing is happening again. It's but every age old tradition. Yeah, everyone thought he was secretly Christian, which I'm not sure is true. I think it was just that he left Christians alone and everyone's like, what if he was Christian though? I'm like, what if he was? Who gives a shit? He was the Ilkhan. He would show up with a bunch of horse archers and murder everyone in your town if you said anything about it. Like th- like what what do you want? Ah, the good <laughs> you <know>? old days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this but this entire arc of this show is basically um Osma basically Gehatu's son is missing, who's Baidu. And to be fair, Gehatu would probably be okay with this in real life, because like I said, his son revolted against him and killed him. So he would probably be essentially fine with it. But he shows up to the... The clip I shared with you was him showing up to the Kaya camp 
and just just basically berating people. <laughs> just yeah. berate. berate. I, I, there wasn't any English subtitles for it because this show's not um, not like marketed towards markets where English is predominantly spoken. So there is like an Urdu dub of it and stuff like that, but there's no English subtitling of it other than YouTube. It's and not for the Western dog. No, no, no. It's not. It's not even for the Balkan. It's not because it's like pre. Because you can even see it in the camp. They have that like crescent moon with the sort of bit for it on all the flags. Mm. That's not like that's not an Islamic symbol. That's a Tengrius symbol. That's that's actually kind of a modern symbol. Actually, that's the Tengrius cross. That's kind of a modern thing. But the whole vibe is that like they're trying to acknowledge that these people probably weren't as Muslim as people think while not, while like still portraying them as like good Muslim values. And, you know, they all look after yeah. each other and stuff. And, and, but like the truth is that like, no one fucking knows whether any of these people were like secretly doing sky barrels or not. No one fucking knows. <laughs> and he, um, yeah, but this whole thing, like, you know, Gehatu shows up and there are the Mongol empire flags. Cause you know, he's a descendant of Genghis Khan. And he threatens to flay the guy he sent to punish this local tribe of Turks. And I find it really funny that he relates to them as he calls them Turk constantly. Because it's kind of leading into this Turkish nationalist vibe of like, the Turkish state has existed forever. Like, the official Turkish state position is that its military was founded in the 2nd century BC. (laughs) That is the official state position. Not its military, its military band was founded then. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. At all, I don't. I don't think that like horse archers were going around with a military band following in the second century BC. I just don't believe it. Would have made sh- Rome a much more interesting TV show. Yeah, well, bunch, I- of, bunch of guys with like brass instruments just piling out of a fucking DeLorean. Yeah, I mean, I can show. I mean, you can see why I'm skeptical because if I show you one of the songs, like the Mechter band. Hold on, let me let me find a video of the entire band. There's like a thing they did with the. Um, with the uh with the red army so i'll see if i can find that yeah the world's oldest living music band yeah i don't think so but yeah here you go it does make it sound like these people have been literally the same people have been in this band for yeah 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 for over two thousand years which isn't true yeah here you go Uh, that's a really poor that's 13 years old that video fucking hell no wonder it looks like it's shit um (laughs) here you go yeah there's a reason i don't believe this I'll, i'll share the video here but you can just sort of you don't have to listen to the music, thankfully, but like, you could just look at the picture. Even there's a reason I don't believe this is a is a is a is a is a two thousand year old war band with the same instruments and stuff. There's just some reason I don't buy it. But yeah, they they're doing real good. I'm trying I to do... work out what what they're all carrying. Uh, they're carrying horsetail banners. So this is this okay. is an actual thing. You even see it in the show. So, like, the horsetail banners are, are, are like, um, a sign of an army on the march, basically. It's to sort of guide the army on its march. All right. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're carrying horsetail banners, and they've got a guy with a sword and stuff. And, yeah, it's, it's like the longest fucking procession of people I've ever seen. I suppose it's to imitate when the Ottoman army would leave uh, Istanbul, like, for, for campaign. Because it would be, like, 100,000 people just... With, with each bit with a band of its own telling them how to march, because that's a marching tune, right? So it's just insane. Insane numbers of people. But yeah, these shows are really well-produced. Really well-produced. Really, Actually quite entertaining. Like, the Aratoral and Osman one are more my speed, because they're a bit more like Vikings. 
But yeah. I do get why people like Unta Shimyuzio and Kusen. Like Kusen is Kusen is great because you get like the scene where um <laughs> where he comes back from conquering Baghdad and the and, and the like the mum who's in charge of the empire really in reality it just notices one of her sons is a bit thin and she's like oh thank god he's home though like yeah. it's just and the subtitles like thanks Allah <laughs> like, <laughs> I really fucking enjoyed that cheers yeah <laughs> yeah cheers or like or I re- I also really like the the bit in the Emperor Cop one where there's the the official who's taking bribes and his face when he's taking the bribe yeah where he's oh, just like god. yeah <laughs> give me that's a real smirk, isn't it? Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. Like he's just like, give me the money, give me the money. Yeah, money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, yeah. there was another screen cap you all found, which was the episode title, but I don't remember which video that's in. So, uh, I think that was the that was the first one where uh, the guy gets back from Baghdad. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. His his mum plotting against him. Who was the um? You know, on the one where he like fucking kills the judge for taking bribes. Yes. Who were those guys at the end that were like fucking getting the, the, oh getting, getting the cob on about like one of them being killed or something? <laughs> oh yeah, the Ulema, right? Yeah. So like the Ulema are like the organized clergy under the Ottoman Empire, and like as a general rule, you can't really kill members of the Ulema. It's kind of frowned upon. Which yeah. is why they're like, wait a minute, how can one of us be killed? We're not allowed to be killed. We're the people who enforce the law. But obviously you're not, because, like, what happened? The guy yeah. was going to take a bribe, right? Like, do you know what I mean? You, you can't go around taking bribes in front of Sultan gives no fucks. Yeah, like, he will He will come and... Uh, I do like some of the, tra- the English translations here, because they've not done it properly. Oh yeah, yeah, it's total. It's, are, you it's telling, so... are you trying to tell me that Sin and Snake is in the dungeon is not an accurate translation of what happened? <laughs> no, I wasn't banging people in the dungeon in like seventeen whatever. Like, I wasn't. I wasn't in the dun in the in Sultan Murad's dungeon fucking people. Strangely, <laughs> but I think there was a there. There are lots of Sinan Pashas historically, and a lot of them were traitors and treasonous and did plots. That is true. And the line continues to this day. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of them were like Serbian as well, so I don't want to get into that discourse because then it will really will become sun language theory. But but yeah, there was actually quite a famous. Uh, this is kind of completely off topic, but there was quite a famous uh, pirate called Sinan Race who was a Jewish pirate operating under the Ottoman Empire, and he's super fascinating. I just tell that because it's a super super fascinating guy who just. Wanted to plunder the Spanish, yeah, and the Brits. Sitting and just like, oh, the I most? wish that were me. I do wish that were me. <laughs> like being a Barbary corsair was probably the best like you could get back then. <laughs> Reasonably sure, some members of my family got in on that action. To be fair, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's a reason I look so good in the pirate costume after all. <laughs> so, guess who fucked at Dot JPEG? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna say like, you know what I mean? Some guy stood on the fucking like deck of a ship, going, well. I fucked it, lads. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the ship's on fire. And guess just... who raided the Barbary Coast? <laughs> guess who? Guess who accidentally raided Rome and got the ships destroyed? <laughs> that did. Sin- Sinan Pasha made a fucky wucky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Actually, I find that really weird in that um, Payatat show, the one where he slaps the English ambassador, because they're acting like Pasha's are ministers. 
Yeah. They're, they're like, you know, we made the deal with your Pashas. And I'm like, that's not, it kind of is a, it's a military title. It's a thing you get at a particular rank is you get to be called Pasha. And, and one of the funny things about like foreign language coverage of the Ottoman Empire at the time is the, like, you, there's like old copies of English newspapers you can read in archives. And they keep thinking that Pasha is a surname. So they yeah. assume they keep going the Pasha family sure is influential in Constantinople. Oh, like, yeah, it's like uh, it's like how everyone calls each other Bay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bay is a Bay means chief, like you know, and, and it's because ta- to Google it means gentleman. Uh, it I can mean it, it means that now, but like uh, so, like Bay is like there, there's a lot of formality rules in Turkish. So Turkish is a language that has formality rules. So, like, you say things in certain ways and you address people in certain ways, depending on stuff. So, like, it's weird for me because whenever I, like, meet Turkish people who are younger than me, they'll call me Abi, which means, like, older brother. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like, like, formality rules. It's yeah. a general sort of point. Or, like, um... Would my... you rather they called you Sinan Chan or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just yes. adopt, the, adopt the Glaswegian rules of it's mate or cunt. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, which you know, one of those is a good thing. Yeah, it's context so, dependent. So they they do call me Arby sometimes. That's why. Uh, so for people who watch like Hassan on Twitch, that's what Hassan Arby. Arby means like older brother. Uh-huh. So that's that's where his name comes from, I guess. And he uh-huh. also he also gets a lot of really weird Turkish people in this chat. I was watching. Um, I, I have to confess, I watch Hassan sometimes, and I w- catch up on some of the highlights. And he was doing unban requests recently and he gets a lot of weird Turkish people in his chat <laughs> constantly <laughs> typing in the Turkish euphemistic term for masturbation in his chat because it's just 31 so it doesn't come up in any like you know auto block yeah. or anything so like in Turkish it's like otosburcekmek which means to pull 31 which is the Turkish term for jerking off basically <laughs> which is really fucking weird and I've Sorry, never... I, I need I need to know the etymology why 31 I don't know. It's just the fucking thing. I don't Some, think anyone somebody, knows. Because, somebody at Susie Dent. <laughs> because, because 31 is the age at which women officially become MILFs. We know this. That, that, <laughs> I mean, as a point of order, I think I think women, like, in, in popular culture, women become MILFs at about 24. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Oh god, I'm not. Anyway, I'm not looking forward to some conversations along this line, but <laughs> but yeah, I um actually remember a friend of mine uh who did who did the graphics of piece of home and stuff uh shared me a clip of like an old Turkish film, like an old old Turkish film from like the 60s or 70s, like it was on potato quality and stuff. And it's about a prisoner who was super horny, and he was trying to. I think he was trying to bang this woman who was interviewing him. And she's like, what? She's like, and he basically says, I'm tired of pulling 31, which is like, <laughs> in prison because he can't get laid. Because obviously you'd have to bang a dude, I guess. It'd be a whole thing. So I can't bang a dude, so I just jerk off in the shared cell loudly. <laughs> like, because that's less gay than the other thing I could be doing. Oh, but yeah, he's like, like like intensely horny character. It was really fucking disconcerting. And th- there is, is like a is type cell, of char- is cellmate yelling at him. Can you just count in your head? Yeah, <laughs> then maybe that's what it is. You know, <laughs> but it's like one of the funniest. Like, I, I I'm sorry to everyone who didn't want to learn what the Turkish euphemism for jerking off was, but now you know. This yeah. is what they tune in for. I won't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, they tune in specifically for this. Yeah, language, really? language and culture is a fascinating, fascinating topic. So these are the things you have to learn. 
Yeah, exactly. You, you, if you, if you're gonna learn a language, you've got to learn all the euphemisms for jerking off. Otherwise, you haven't learned it. Yeah, I'm gonna start just posting nice anytime I see the number thirty-one on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, that's not even like a nice sex. It's just you, you jerking off. I don't think I that's don't like. Care. That. <laughs> <laughs> I might try and sneak the number thirty-one into a YouTube video and see if anyone catches on to it. <laughs> Maybe into that one I'm doing about Owen Jones. Um, <laughs> uh, voting for Labour. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Can we talk about? Can we talk about Cop Emperor? Yes. What do you want to know about Cop Emperor? <laughs> like, what's like, his fucking deal? Why is he so rad all the time? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So, like, the thing he is about the law, David. Like, you got to respect his authority. <laughs> that that bad. is basically it. So, like, the whole the whole thing is that Sultan Murad he comes into power in his. He so he comes into his throne and his mum is really powerful. His mum is Qasem Sultan, the titular Qasem, right? She's really powerful. And he is constantly having to exercise his authority against his mum's authority, basically. And against like and one of the main things, so like you might be wondering, like, why is tobacco and coffee illegal? Like, part of the reason is because he thinks that the Safavids, who which is the Persian Empire to his uh, east are trying to, like, do a line, you know, trying to economically dominate him by selling tobacco and coffee to people. So he bans it. And so yeah. he assumes anyone who's drinking coffee or tobacco has got it from, like, someone who's doing deals with Iran, and so is a traitor. And part of it, there's, like, a really good explainer of it where he brings that guy to that tavern, and he goes, like, the point isn't whether the bans are justified or not. The point is whether my subjects obey me. And this is kind of his, in, in his actual reign, like his actual historical reign is one of the neuroses he has. Because he thinks everyone is secretly obeying his mum and what his mum says. Which they yeah. were, to be clear. They were doing that. Like, they, they should, and by the way, I'm always fascinated by the casting of uh, what in Turkish they call Valides, which is the queen mother, if you like. And I'm always fascinated by the casting because they always seem to pick like, so in the original Mutashem Yuzio, it was like Miss Turkey 1960. And she was in her 80s, but, you know, my partner was like, didn't refuse to believe she was in her 80s in the show, which yeah. I found very funny. I'll find, I'll find a picture of her at some point. But the Qasem Sultan, like, the actress is substantially younger than her. But it, it's very much like the Sultanate of Milfs is the vibe they're going for. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of why he's... And part of it is because Sultan Murad is historically considered to be, like, that there was some kind of mental health going on with him. You know, that he, that basically he, what he was an alcoholic, first of all, that's confirmed. He died of cirrhosis age 28. There's no, you don't get to do that if you're not just pounding the drinks every day over and over yeah. again. And the not kind of sash. irony, and the kind of irony of it is he was a dog shit emperor when he was sober. When he was drunk, he was actually reportedly quite good at it and like made quite, <laughs> and actually made like quite good reforms and decisions. And they were all made when he was just like blackout drunk. So when he woke up, he'd forget, and they'd never get implemented. That was uh, that was something. Is it? I can't remember if it's the uh, like ancient Greek government or the Roman um, Senate. It was that you'd have to debate topics twice: once sober and once drunk. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty I mean, sure in... that's Teddy and Lannister you're thinking of. And in and in fairness, th- that bit about um, that bit about the, the he'd forget about it. People would write it down for him, so it's okay. Yeah. So this is the original Valid Sultan. This is the original like. Uh, sultanate. This is this is the original woman who was uh, in charge of the empire after uh, during Suleiman's time. So this is the, this is the actress they got for the first show, 
And this right. woman was like old. She was like 70s, 80s, something like that. Miss Turkey 1960. And that, that was a recent picture of her at the time of the show. Feels so, fun. you know, yeah. So, you know, uh, look, I suppose if you're, if you're rich, you can afford all sorts of things, you know? <laughs> and good for you, you know? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not denying anyone their right to mod- to sort of look good in their seventies. But... So, like, of of the clips that you gave us, right, of, of yeah. this fucking Salt Marad, right? Yeah, we've got <laughs> so fucking incredible ones. <laughs> um, choice ones we've got are the um, bit where he goes into the tavern, overhears someone saying that he's a shithead or whatever, and then smashing a fucking pot over the cunt, and Specific- then ordering them beheaded. <laughs> Yeah, he, he specifically suggested that Sultan Murad killed his children. Like, yeah. his own children. That was, like, the specific accusation made. And he, they were praising his mum. This is this is a whole, like, Oedipal fucking thing with him. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that... I was, was going to say, it wasn't even... Uh, he smashes a jug over the guy's head uh, with that... With the jug-smashing sound effect that everyone yes. knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smash.org, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, he commands one of his, or he doesn't even command uh, command the guy. The guy just like one of his Stop. like guards or whatever grabs one of the barrels of wine on off of a shelf and gets the guy to just chug it. That's the drama guy. That's the drama guy. He got to <laughs> yeah. do it. And yeah. that's the thing. The thing. That's the great the, thing though. The great thing about that vape. scene though is uh, once he finishes like making him chug this drink, the guy just literally just like on the floor looking dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a that's, lot of wine. that's what a night out with David Miliband would look like. <laughs> yeah, being waterboarded with wine. Yeah, that that um that like guy. I don't know. I got the impression he was like the executioner or something. But that like the drama guy with the little pedo tash. He was incredible. Him like <laughs> he's a great actor. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, she loves drama. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that was the that was the scene where um, Murad is. So Murad gets sick during the series because he's oh, got I cirrhosis. I absolutely fucking loved this clip. It was so good. Yeah, it's it's titled "You Either Take My Life or My um, or My Throne," which means that which doesn't make any sense because it would be yeah. both. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you can tell they've not like got. But like um, Murad gets sick, and they say, um, I, "Hold on, I want to check that translation because it says my son Sultan Murad co- contracted the plague." Hold on. Oh, I want to listen to this. Oh, actually, yeah, I guess basically correct. But I thought that would be an exaggeration. But he 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 keeps getting sick because he drinks so much. So he has cirrhosis. Right? Like, he... <laughs> oh, the, the Sultan's not here because he's hungover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- no, but that would for real happen. And the thing is, like, the drama guy knows that Murad is well. That's the whole, like, trick here. So he's So Murad is trying to prove people are being disloyal to him. And obviously, like, uh, Kasem is like, we're going to have my other son, Kasem, take over and stuff like that. And the fact is that the army's meant to be loyal to him until he's, like, in the ground. So the fact that they were preparing another guy really offended him and he just came in and had a meltdown about it. <laughs> like, just, one just... trick is fucking entrapment. Yeah. Yeah, like, he just keeps tricking people into betraying him and then wonders why this keeps happening. Hey guys! Hey guys! I'm actually dead, uh, and then being very mad when people act like you're actually dead. Yeah, people need to learn to ask him. Like, are you the Sultan? Because if I ask you and you're the Sultan, you have to. Tell <laughs> you have to me. tell me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that happens just... in the, uh, the pretty much what almost what happens in the scene in the boat 
yeah, yeah. The, the scene in the boat is one of my favorite uh one of my favorite scenes because it's one of these ones where they well, actually before, do... before we move off the one where he's got plague i just yeah. I, I really just want to reiterate how incredible the fucking like smirk on that uh executioner <laughs> guy is <laughs> Because the mom's there giving it like, oh yeah, young in here is going to take over the empire and I'll Carson's still be around to keep him right and everything. Yeah. And then like, he just comes in looking like fucking like, I'm what the fuck, what the fuck's this about? And th- that guy just sort of like smirks because he's like, oh yeah, daddy's home. It's about to kick off. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact face I make when I'm replying to people on Twitter. <laughs> We're going to have to post that picture somewhere so people yeah. know what you're on about. It's- it's it's really like yeah he knows he's obviously in on it he's Sultan Murad's guy he's, he knows what's going down right that's the whole the whole trick of it and he, um and yeah that that is kind of like the vibe of the entire series is of how they portray court drama is just a series of entrapments and people yeah. doing that smirk. What's, so what's it, great? What's great about that clip as well is when he's like offering his family the sword so they can kill him, and no one will take it. So then he just offers the entire fucking like army that's there out for a fight. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I'll fucking, the, I'll fucking like murder the lotiers and then knock this entire building down. Like it's just, yeah, yeah, it's great. The, but the thing is, this is how Ottoman sultans apparently did behave at times. They did, they did do this kind of thing because they. The thing about like most Ottoman sultans, like after um, after Selim the Second which was Suleiman's son, is that they were all, like, really unstable. Like, that's why this Sultanate of Women thing is a thing. They were yeah. all really unstable. Like, they like Sultan Murad did go around yelling at people like this. He had outbursts and stuff. And this all sort of culminates and peaks with uh, an Ottoman Sultan called Ibrahim the Insane, um, <laughs> who is the wolf pelt guy. He's the wolf pelt one. Is it Ibrahim? Mm. I, it's something like that. Let me see. I'm going to type his Turkish nickname in and see if that comes up. But they call him, uh, yeah, Deli Ibrahim, which Ibrahim the Mad, but it does kind of mean, like, he was, um, he was really, so the thing, deal with Ibrahim was, uh, so, you know, like I said, you have to kill your brother if you become the emperor. Yeah. He, um, he, so basically his brother becomes emperor first, but his brother doesn't have any kids. So they can't execute him yet because he, if they execute him, then it's fucking game over, right? The, the, the yeah. dynasty's done. And he is, I think, in real life, uh, Ibrahim is the youngest brother of Murad. So I think he's actually the youngest brother of Murad. Or he's actually, actually, no, he is Murad's, yeah, he's the youngest brother of Murad. But he's, um, he's sort of kept in what they call like the gilded cage, right? Because Murad's kids do not survive, and so he sort of doesn't. He can't be killed because if you kill him, then you're in you're in big old trouble, right? And so his mum is Kassem, the famous Kassem. And yeah. and yeah, it's um, it's one of these things where he is kept in the palace as insurance, but he keeps thinking every day when people come to him. He's gonna. They're gonna come and kill him, right? Because he thinks it's time. He's had a son. It's game over. You know, Murad had a son. I guess I'm gonna be killed. You know, right. it's done. And so he lives like this for years and years, and years. Best part of a decade. Like best part of a decade, he lives like this. So when he comes to the throne, he's an unstable guy because he spent most of his life on edge, thinking he's about to be murdered. Wow. I wonder why he took up drinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Ibrahim. Well, Ibrahim took up wearing a pelt and assaulting women. Whereas Murad, Murad also, I guess, kind of did the same thing. To be fair, um, 
I, I think Murad took up drinking because he was just sort of uh, uh, oh he died at 27 wow the, all of the real ones die at 27 <laughs> uh, Murad died at 27 from cirrhosis and um, on his apparently there was a rumor on his deathbed that he ordered the execution of his brother Ibrahim because Ibrahim was like yeah it was it, it was not going to go well and it would have meant the end of the Ottoman line which uh, which meant they didn't do it obviously but yeah, it, yeah. So like Emperor Cop's whole deal is that, and then you've got the scene in the boat, which I really like because it's actually like a surprising bit of character work. Yeah. Where Ibra- Ibrahim, like not Ibrahim, um, Murad clearly likes the guy, the drunk guy, the drunk boat yeah. guy, and so he's yeah. like, I mean, how can you not? He was very yeah. charming. He was charming. Yeah, exactly. Like it's good character work. It's a well written character, well acted. That actor did also, a really good job. You know. Also, it's like the uh, it's like the fucking second season of amazon's tom clancy's jack ryan where like you know only one guy knows how to work the boat so if they'd like killed them they'd just be stuck in the middle of that river forever uh would have been the boss for us or like the golden horn so not quite a river but like yeah it would have been pretty bad to be stuck there let's put it that yeah. way but yeah like it was it was one of those things where he murad was just kind of like yeah you know what you're you i like you just don't do it where i can see you and you'll be fine like and and I kind of like I kind of like that I like that All sort right. of thing, I, and that's that's the thing about these shows that I kind of want to like make sure people know is that these are well made shows, like these are well written shows, well made shows, production's good, they put the money and the time into it, yeah, which mm-hmm. you don't you don't see in like a lot of European prestige dramas I guess, some sometimes they're going off um, sort of uh, source material and completely fuck it. Don't know what one I'm talking about there. Who knows? <laughs> what they should do with this is they should take all the scenes in Game of Thrones that are set in Dawn and just take them out and just throw random scenes from this in. Yeah. And it would imp- it would improve <laughs> the show. It would it would make everything better. Yeah. I yeah, I do I do like I do I do kind of lean on my partner's sort of thing where she's like, if if only these ta- the people who made the show made Game of Thrones, it would probably be quite a good show. Like I would probably be, watch it. Like I'd be interested to see how these what uh, the outcome would be if the same guys got their hands on like the Walking Dead script. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> lots of lots of, lots of uh, open palm slapping zombies in the face. <laughs> slapping a zombie so hard its jaw comes off. Like. <laughs> also, I was looking through the group chat that we had, and people, this desk setup looks extremely comfy, and it does. <laughs> Oh yeah, that... like my my man's got a got a desk that's probably about one foot off the floor, um, and like this extremely comfortable looking chair. Which my my only my only criticism of the setup is it looks like the chair could have a slightly higher up back, and then it would mm. be like absolutely pitch perfect. Like you could just you know you could cross your legs pretty comfortably. You could like just stretch your legs fully out. I'm I'm fully on board with this. Although uh, James says it said it looked like hell, but they are in, they are bendy in all the wrong places. Uh, there, as they said, yeah. But yeah, I I uh, like I yeah. Oh, sorry, David, go ahead. No, I, I just think it would be a really good idea to get those for the podcast because we could eliminate Rob's squeaky chill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're replacing all the podcast equipment chairs with uh, with bean bags and cushions. Yeah, yeah. 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 Then we just have to edit a bunch of like slaps and beheadings out of the fucking pod <laughs> audio. 
hands getting cut off because yeah. people are taking bra- pay I, I feel like that guy with the smirk is me taking your Patreon money. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's what that guy with the smirk is, right? Yeah. Me receiving my Patreon tie from the hogs <laughs> like, in my giant onion hat. I tell you what I, what I loved what I loved most about these clips was that obviously like it, obviously the guy's like cop emperor but he doesn't get given a badge. Instead of a badge he has a guy that just yells just... his name. Yep. yep. <laughs> and a yep. big sword with like uh that's like I don't know, is it gilded? Is that what you'd call that? Yeah, I'd say that's what it is. But just think of the just think of like you could get away with fucking murder back then if you just had a guy who could convincingly shout the emperor's name when you walked into a room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no way to know this is the real Murad. Yeah. You know, Sultan Murad Hanhazretler. Who the fuck knows what he looks like? No one would know. You know? Well, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, a core, that's a core part of his bit, isn't it? People recognize Yeah, well, yeah, actually, coming. yeah. The, People see him thing, coming down the street and just hide all the wine. Yeah, but the, thing, the thing about him is he, he's... So the way he's dressed in, like, the scenes where he's on the cover is he's wearing, like, peasant's garb. Yeah. But it's still, like, the nicest clothes I've ever fucking uh, seen yeah, in a yeah. period it looks, drama. It looks it, way nicer than anything I own. It's fucking dripped out. I kind of I kind of want to wear, the, like, the, the judge's onion hat. If we ever do, a like, a Peace at Home live show, should it ever happen, yeah. I will show up dressed as the judge who took bribes. <laughs> 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 just just in, in that exact turban as well. Yeah, catch some, catch one of the listeners smoking and just fucking like uh, just Texas bastard. Chainsaw Massacre them on a hook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, the, the other I shows I, guess I showed was, you like. I guess yeah. that was back in the times before your dad invented making you smoke the whole packet at once. <laughs> yeah, instead the emperor will come by and put you on a hook. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> son. You're gonna have to smoke the whole shisha. Yeah. Oh <laughs> God, I quit smoking, so like that's really hitting. It's hitting. Um, <laughs> you can't make me want to smoke on the podcast. You absolutely cannot do that to me. But yeah, I, I, I also like that uh, Kurulish Osman show, but I didn't share very much of it because there wasn't very much English translation of it. So I shared that song. And the thing about that singer is that he is, uh, he's a guy called Arsanbek Sultanbekov. And his whole thing is that he wrote a song called uh, Dombra, which is the name of an instrument. But it got put over a, a clip from a film about Genghis Khan. And so it became immediately the most popular song in Turkey for like a year. And it was so popular that Erdogan hired the guy to write his election campaign song to the tune of that song. Wow. Yeah. And now the so guy's I'm... appearing in TV shows and, you know, doing this when you say When you say it was really popular for a year, I'm going to imagine that the guy is Turkish Brian Adams and that the song was like the Turkish equivalent of that fucking Robin Hood theme thing he did. (laughs) Anything, everything I do or something. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's 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 very weird because every clip I see of it has um, has sort of subtitles in. So the guy is I think he's from Russia or something like that, but he's not like um, he's he's from a like group of people called the Nogai. And he's singing it in Nogai because that's like the language he speaks. And he, he, but every single thing I see of it has uh, translations of it underneath in Turkish. And sometimes it's like, okay, I kind of understand it. And sometimes it's just completely different fucking words. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, good. Okay, good job. They have the translation there. Otherwise, I would not have known that. But yeah, yeah, he was from, he's from Russia. Yeah, he was, he was born in the Soviet Union, in fact. He's actually younger than my parents, which I find hard to believe. Um, 
But yeah, he had one very famous song and it's just been eaten off it forever. And you know what credit where it's due? Fair play. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do one thing and then not have to do anything anymore. Yeah, it's 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 like Alien Ant Farm and Smooth Criminal, which they didn't even do <laughs> and they get to eat off it forever. God, I so, hate I hate their version of Smooth Criminal. Uh, their version is better than the original version. It's not I find it much less irritating. Nah. <laughs> nah. Sorry, Hold on, man. I've got I've I got f- just I find the- Alien Ant Farm peak irritating. I've just got got just the emote for this occasion. Um, I'm gonna put in the chat. There you go. We have an alien ant farm emote on my Discord. Oh my god. <laughs> because, because right, because what happened was the fire alarm kept going off during one of my streams as I was doing a rant about alien ant farm, and so I blamed them for it. And so now we have an alien ant farm <laughs> emote as a kind of guess who fucked it sort of thing. <laughs> Guess who set off the fire alarm? It was Alien Ant Farm again, thwarting my critique of their seminal work these days where they talk about being arrested for saying you're English. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send Ant Farm. Yeah, that's, yeah. Calling you out, Alien Ant Farm. I think Alien Ant Farm liked one of my tweets ages and ages ago. <laughs> this really funny thing that I saw on my notifications. Alien Ant Farm liked this tweet, and I think I was calling someone a twat or something. I was like, oh, cool. Alien Ant Farm hate melts too. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, did you want to talk about regular prestige shows? Because I got a ton of prestige shows to slam. I mean, yeah, just to tie off this part then, like, how does this compare? Like, this Turkish prestige stuff, does it actually, like, fully compare to quality-wise, or is it just, like, its own fucking league of stuff? Like, I, so, like, I think it's, like, really good. I I, I think they're, they're, they're made with the foreign audience in mind, so they come across really good. But it's one of those things where if you didn't have any like cultural context to it, you would probably not recognize a lot of the like a lot of what's happening is just like mm. you're being propagandized to, right? Yeah, that's what a lot of it is. But like if you if you just enjoy it as a show, as a spectacle, because there are like inaccuracies and stuff, and my partner's like, you get so wound up about the inaccuracies, like <laughs> you know, like that Mongol guy who had a very peaceful reign, but is apparently beefing with some small time loser. Because, like, I find it very funny to imagine, like, the honest-to-God, like, fourth most powerful person in the world beefing with some no-mark nomad in Anatolia. Just, like, that's apparent, but that's what the narrative demanded. It's a metaphor, Sinan, for Elon Musk's, like, Twitter. Yeah, (laughs) Gehatu Khan is, in fact, uh, Elon Musk of his age in that show. But yeah, like I, I guess I, I guess I would compare like Dürerlisharturul and Kurulishosman to like Vikings. Like that, it's more of a Vikings kind of show where it's sort of more gritty, kind of because uh, it's kind of interpreting people who we don't know a lot about on their personal lives. Well, like Ragnar Lothbrok is straight up made up anyway. So like everyone jot that down. Sorry to ruin Ragnar Lothbrok for you all, <laughs> but he he is basically a made up fiction person. But but like these are people we don't know a lot about and some of them are kind of semi-mythical in their own way even though they existed in the 13th century which is a bit late to have semi-mythical people wandering around but turkey does it better i guess than everyone else (laughs) so yeah like that and, and i think it compares quite well to it the only problem is that like the shows are very the narrative arcs and shows are very long so each season is like 32 episodes right 25 to 32 episodes I think it's like 25 to 40 episodes. Episodes are like... So for like Durilish Arturo and Kuros Osman, the episode lengths mercifully are like 45 minutes. So it's not like two and a half hours. Mutashem Yuzio had a massive controversy. And so like that's the uh, that's the sort of more Suleiman Murad stuff. 
mm-hmm. that a massive controversy because they started putting out two and a half hour long episodes because it was for advertising purposes because these shows were so popular the tv station demanded they extend the episodes oh my god <laughs> so that they could get more ads it's kind of like how youtube incentivizes you to release videos that are like 12 minutes long exactly because yeah. that's just like the correct length to get the second ad break in so in case anyone's wondering why a lot of youtube videos are like bang 11 59 second you know, minutes like that's why just just uh, just a heads up from someone who knows that bullshit very well and who also ignores it and makes 50 minute long videos about brain melting <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i would i would like absolutely watch the uh the police cop sultan guy if it wasn't like fucking thousands of hours because <laughs> i haven't got that much of an attention span these days but it's uh it is good but i the thing is when you when you're watching it when you're watching the clips and he's like oh i caught this guy like having a fucking sneaky bifter i'm gonna fucking like murder him in the street it seems like it seems like very uh like you would look at it and you would go well that's a bit like fucking unjustifiable but is it really that different from like say hawaii five or where they just like you know what i mean strip some guy of his fucking like human rights because they they caught him like doing a line of coke or some shit it fits that same kind of that same kind of space as the cop show. I mean, we can call him fucking cop emperor half the time here. Like, yeah. it's fitting because it does fit that space where it's all about teaching you what is right and wrong and what the state has decided is right and wrong. And, and yeah, this is this is part of the state propaganda element of it, right? Because he's punishing people for drinking alcohol. He's punishing people for smoking tobacco. He's punishing people for drinking coffee. Now, getting Turkish people to stop doing any of those things is impossible. <laughs> yeah. um, but... But there's this sort of point that I forget who it was made, which is that these this wave of shows that have come out, they started coming out. Uh, so Muntashem Yuzil, the original thing, came out a few months before Game of Thrones. So if anything, Game of Thrones copied them by release date comparison. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were being made at the same time, basically. And yeah, I did. I did like uh, one of where one of the clips, one of the um, the the like town that they're in looks exactly like. Uh, uh, I forgot the name again. Winterfell. The castle, Winterfell, yeah, Winterfell, but, yeah. but like with different lighting. Hmm. <laughs> and and there's this um and there's this I forget what it was, but the the point they made was that like the things that are produced like pop culture wise are intended to reflect elements of society, and it's reflecting this sort of new middle class in quotes because let's be real, like middle class doesn't really exist anywhere anymore anyway. But it's to reflect this sort of new middle class who have their like you know fancy TVs and stuff, and they want to see stuff that says what they want to hear back at them. Like wow. everyone, right? It's the same as it's the same reason why like people watch my YouTube videos because I'm saying the things they're already thinking, right? I yeah. know what they want. I know what the hogs want. You know, it's why uh, it's why nerds watch the Big Bang Theory. Mm. It, mm. Well, yeah. As much as I hate that show, there's a reason. There's a demand for that show. I remember someone was saying, like, uh, someone was critiquing this uh, idea that, like, uh, TV shows, so, like, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or whatever, is propaganda as, like, leftist cope because there's actually a legitimate demand for it as opposed to, like, you know, capital dictating what these things make. But I'm like, the legitimate demand must be related somehow to the demands of capital, I imagine. Yeah. That doesn't, and so, and also, it's reflecting part of what society believes back at society. You know, like yeah. they, you know, they they want to see. I forget his fucking name, the dickhead from um, Lonely Island. They want to see him being a funny cop, making the guys in the lineup sing. I want it that way. Yeah. You know, they want to see that. 
That's like the one scene I know from that show. <laughs> so they they want to see that. That's what they. That's part, and it's the same here. They want to see, you know, small c conservative, vaguely Islamic law implemented, and that's kind of what people like about Ertuğrul and Osman. The thing that people keep mentioning about them is that it's like a family vibe. You know, it's about putting your arm around your family and defending them, and because it's a much more small stakes show with a much more small stakes figure and it's about you know taking care of each other and making sure that the mongol emperor doesn't come and stab you in the liver which is the threat that he made to the, to, um, i mean i mean we're all thinking yeah i mean yeah you know just in case the in case elon musk shows up and stabs you in the liver and demands <laughs> that you return his son to him elon musk turns up at your door and just in, implants a microchip into your brain completely against your wishes I'm now imagining. Instantly. I'm now imagining Elon Musk as Gehatu in that show, and it would go, the, it would land about as well as his "I'm rich, bitch" line. <laughs> the, I feel I feel like the onion hat would suit him actually. Yeah, maybe I'll Photoshop him into. Anyway, I'll think, um, <laughs> I'll think about that. Um, maybe for maybe for something else. But yeah, I think these shows compare quite well generally. Like they are of equal quality, but they're yeah. obviously from a particular context. And yeah. I think a lot of foreign audiences miss that context and get taken in by it a little bit. But it's the same with everything. No one's immune to propaganda, especially the person who says that, by the way. Yeah. So there you go. I think, um, like, thinking about the, the kind of propaganda way that this stuff does kind of work and it is that kind of like reflection back and that's why people want it. Like, Western stuff, like... <sighs> Cop shows are obvious propaganda. Like, that's obvious fucking, you know, propaganda's a thing, fair enough. I'm trying to think of, like, other things that you could also call propaganda in, like, prestige TV. And if anything, I'm just coming, I'm constantly coming up with, nope, that's definitely not it, that's definitely not it. And every single one of them just kind of lays bare what we live in and how it's shit in some way of its own. Like, The Sopranos is very much... The state's fucking hopeless. It's shit at what it's doing. Um, it can't fucking catch these blatant fucking criminals and look at them. They're all actually funny as fuck. I mean, sort of just to that point. Sort of to that point. Look, I mean, just think about Breaking Bad, a TV show that wouldn't exist if America had healthcare. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Complete. Like, there's, there's obviously like. There are the scenes where uh, Walt is having to pay like ten thousand dollars in cash or whatever for his, you know, his scans or his surgery or whatever. But like, the criticism is ne there is not. It, I mean, not even criticism of um, the system that they exist in, which is, you know, uh, sort of the American South uh, and the the role of the state in their lives. I mean, obviously, it's not really a show about that. It's about a good guy who gets pushed to becoming a bad guy essentially yeah um but like it just is taken as read that this is the way things are and damn this um this jesse guy with authority issues is actually really really smart if only the school system based around authority um hadn't completely fucking failed them mm. yeah i think there must definitely be some uh prestige stuff that's propaganda like i'd i've never watched it but i don't imagine the crown shows prince andrew being unable to sweat as an well i actually i have one, I've one of these the things and it's very fucking weird like there is, there is some absolute fucking unfiltered ideology flowing through it at times 
and then at other times it's like you really have undermined a lot of what you've done here but there's no like rhyme or reason to it that yeah it's really, really weird show it's, it's a really weird show like i i think the, to the andrew not sweating stuff there is like one scene i remember where Andrew is like weirdly into a de- sexual depiction of someone under the age of eighteen, and they sh- they 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 take great care to show the queen giving a fuck that they were under eighteen. They take like extreme care to show that she did give a shit about it, and I'm like, yeah, but then she also in real life didn't care how sweaty he wasn't. So I don't know how much she actually cared about it, right? You know, I mean, yeah, it's like how there's always as far as like showing like actually acting out the fucking phone conversation between charles and camilla about tampon i fucking like, hated that yeah i was it was so fucking difficult to watch it was fucking awful um especially because i already knew what happened yeah i know i know i know i was waiting for it and then i realized that it was happening and uh but like they didn't have to do that it, it doesn't serve any positive purpose in a propaganda sense to actually do it because he doesn't come off like well from it at all he's absolutely the, the character is absolutely fucking demonized for doing it yeah so, i mean it's one of these weird ones where i don't i think the west has got less good at that kind of propaganda right or like yeah. it can only do it in very particular ways so you mentioned like cop shows one of the things i thought about was like 24 right like yeah. that i don't know when, if that quite qualifies watching... as prestige but like yeah like that was one of the first things that came into my head we yeah, and I was watching these, these clips of the guy just, like, fucking, you know, cutting about, like, chopping people up for fucking minor infractions and stuff without a trial. 24 was one of the the first fucking points of comparison I came up with, because it's, like, there is, there's, yeah, a certain, there is... there's a certain kind of person where if you showed them, like, you know, the, like, putting a guy on a fucking hook for, for smoking or, like, having people beheaded for fucking drinking or whatever... There's a certain kind of person who would kick off about like how, uh, you know, all these people are barbarians and all this sort of shit. But then they're the same people who like cheer when Kiefer Sutherland like fucking shoots some guy's face off, just for like looking at him like looking at him Muslimly or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There was there's actually a show that's kind of equivalent to Twenty Four in Turkey, I guess, called Kurtlavadisi, which called means Thirty One. Um, no, <laughs> you have thirty-one. You have to edge for thirty-one hours, otherwise this bomb's gonna blow up in this school. <laughs> the weirdest but, ad I've ever seen on a torrent site. You can't come for thirty-one hours. <laughs> so the opposite. This will make you come in ten seconds. <laughs> but the um, but this show's called Court Love Odyssey, which means Valley of the Wolves. And the thing about that show is, it it's it does this sort of twenty-four anti-terrorism thing. But it basically just acts out revenge fantasies against whoever the perceived enemy of Turkey is at a given time. And <laughs> and they have, like, movies, right? They have movies. So they have, like, Kurtlarvadisi Iraq, right? Where they go into Iraq and they um, <laughs> they specifically humiliate Americans. Like, they go out... Because what happened in the Iraq war, this is sort of like an incident that no one in England is going to know about because who gives a fuck? But in the Iraq war, Turkey maintained uh, bases in Iraq because as part of its ongoing campaign against uh, basically any group that thinks Kurdish people are people. Yeah. And America showed up to one of these things and forced the Turkish soldiers to surrender and put bags over their head and bound their hands. And this entire show, <laughs> this entire movie is basically about, so basically this, this heroes of Kurtlarvad is basically like, you know, specialist uh, armed military police intelligence type people, right? And their whole the whole film is to 
is, is dedicated to creating a scenario where they can force the Americans into having to do the same thing as they made the Turkish soldiers do. <laughs> It's just such a weird, like, Saw-esque, you-have-to-be-ironically-punished type thing. (laughs) It's one of the, like... And I've watched this film, and I think they got, like, a proper big American actor, like, to to play the asshole American, of course. And they they got, like... I'm pretty sure Jean-Claude Van Damme appeared in a Turkish film I watched, but it wasn't that. No, Jean-Claude Van Damme appeared in a Turkish film about stealing the exam answers before and then cheating on your university entrance exam. (laughs) <laughs> Which is probably one of my favorite films, actually. It's a really good film. But I, I, it was like some washed-up American action actor who they made be the like horrible American commander who they're getting revenge on. And it's one of the most insane films I've ever watched. And there are a bunch of them. There's like Kruzbaivadisi Gaza about... Um, basically, there was a flotilla, a Turkish flotilla, that was going to give humanitarian aid to people in Gaza. And they were sort of boarded by the uh, Israeli Navy. And also the uh, their armed forces, and were forced to redirect. But they specifically wanted revenge on Israel as well, and stuff like that. So it just serves all of this weird nationalist stuff. But it, again, I would say Kurosawa, this is better than Twenty Four, as terms of production and just how insane it is. Yeah, I mean, sort of a, I think a comparable version, like a British, almost British version of Twenty Four is. Uh, is it the bodyguard or bodyguard? I can't remember what. Uh, oh yeah, the so the one thing. that Rob Stark was in. Yeah, yeah. and oh, it's yeah. just, <laughs> but with the um, with the ending spoiler alert, that it's basically oh yeah, no, so it's all the it's all the woman was Muslim woman's plan to blow up all the I can't remember what they blow up in 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 that show, but your mentions very uh. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Getting a jihad declared on my mentions on Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just absolutely at the la- at the last moment where it could have been like, oh, actually, like these guys are more complicated than what uh, you know most Western media portrays uh, terrorism as. No, 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 they're just bad guys, and also the woman was in on it as well. Yeah, I know libs get like fucking properly moist about how we must protect the precious impartial BBC. <laughs> the BBC does a fucking absolutely savage line in fawning like propaganda for the British state. They've always got some shit they going on where shit, it's yeah. like where it's like the cops are like the only thing fucking left that can save the world. You know, all the stands between us and chaos or like the British spies are like fucking It's it's that show, fucking Spooks, isn't it? That yeah. that other one, yeah. Spooks, yeah. And that and one and- that one about the fucking bent coppers that everyone was like absolutely oh, yeah. insane about a couple of years I, back. I saw precisely one good meme from that. And I think it was Tom Usher who was like every Premier League football manager in 2005-2009. I'm only interested in bent, like Darren Bent. <laughs> like, which, if you're a football person, you get. So, <laughs> But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Line of the duty. thing about... Yeah, line Listen. of duty. The, the thing about the British ones is they're not even that good. No. Like they're they're not even produced that well. It kind of is a nice highlight of how small time Britain is in a lot of ways. Yeah. Is just compare the the like quality of product that Turkey's making compared to Britain in general. I would yeah. say I mean even the ones even the ones like even the British ones where you'd watch it and you'd like you know, enjoy it like as long as you fucking accept that it is just total fucking horseshit from end to end. Something like say like what's the one Idris Elba was in? Luther. Oh, Luther? Luther. Yeah. Yeah. Like Luther is like fairly well made and like, you know, the the 
the cast are like very likable and good at what they do but the fucking actual like the actual plots are just some daily mail like fucking like fantasy you know what i mean there's just, yeah oh there's like a serial killer in london every 20 minutes you know they just, they, it's, they, it's, they might... somehow it's all sadiq khan's fault yeah <laughs> like, oh it, it i i was thinking like, about an effective fucking cop show that that, that tries to portray the, the cops as like just infallibly good this british and i'm kind of struggling um maybe life on mars because that was all about how you remember when the cops were hard yeah, but even that doesn't feel like it quite lands it. It doesn't stick mm. the landing at times. I think I think there's this like streak that a lot of British people, well, people who end up British people end up writing this stuff is where they're like, I have to kind of go against type a little bit, but they do it in the most awkward fucking way possible, uh, and it yeah, completely it's... undermines the purpose of the exercise. It's that kind of weird self-deprecating way, like mm, you know, yeah, I, like I, I'm incredibly socially awkward. I am. Um, so I'm just going to make a bunch of incredibly self-deprecating comments. Please like me. Yeah. But, are but there also... actually um, are there actually any like uncritical cop shows though? Because I think they all at some point do the thing where it's like ah, there's just a few bad apples and like they, the good, yeah, they, the good cops they all... will t- take care of them. Yeah, they all sort of push this idea that like there are problems, but also the problems are very fixable because ultimately everyone's a nice guy and we're all on the same side and. You know, all of this stuff. And, and you see, this is Brooklyn Nine-Nine's in my head when I think of this. Yeah. Because it's a completely enjoyable show. If you switch off your brain, it's completely fine. You know, I like the heist episodes where they're trying to steal the thing, and that's kind of funny. But, like, they're cops, and they're still cops. And, yeah. they, and there's this there's this scene. There's this one scene where they're like, we need to have good cops because that's how we, you know, figure out who the bad cop, catch the bad cops and sort that stuff out. I'm like, this is such fucking horseshit, though. Yeah, it's 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 such a misunderstanding of like the one bad apple analogy, right? Because because was it one bad apple spoils the lot, isn't it? Like that's that's the whole fucking idea. That's the whole point. And the point is that this is a system that produces bad apples. You know, I don't know whether anyone who's going out of their way to become law enforcement for anything other than a quick paycheck is, you know, a redeemable character. At the end of the day. But yeah, I, I was I was thinking about like Game of Thrones as a point of comparison with some of this. Yeah. And like how as much as like the source material for like Mutashim Yuzio is like actual history and like yeah. Sultan Suleiman's like personal poems and stuff, how much of a better job it does sticking the landing. It does it does wane as a series as time goes on, but it really sticks the landing for much more running time than Game of Thrones. Which I think probably does... after season four probably is fucked. I would oh, say. four for you, right? Okay, see, I, I would I say four or five, like four or five, maybe five's okay, but I kind of lose it after then. Like, I think so, I think like part of it is that you have to treat it as a separate thing from the books. See, I, I haven't read the books because I don't have the patience ah, yeah. for that. So yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's fine up to six because that ends on a nine eleven. And then it all goes completely downhill after that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you've nine eleven, art imitates art imitates life on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you've nine eleven something. I mean, is there really anything more to add at that point? I think um, the thing with Game of Thrones and like a bunch of other prestige shows 
is you go like they go really really like fucking uh like hard at the start you know they're, they're like we've got to do this right it's it's a new thing we're doing we've got to make sure it lands so they put in a ton of effort early on but then it gets enough like cultural fucking uh cashier cash, yeah that it's just then it's just rolling on its own hype and they just stop stop fucking trying it's the same with like yeah. um uh walking dead where the first couple of episodes are like really good frank darabont's like moved heaven and earth to get that show made and he's like really put a lot of effort into it and then it, it's really well received and like really popular and so he asks can we have a bit more money so we can like keep making it this well and they just go no you're fired mate and then they just let a bunch of fucking like children write all the episodes from that <laughs> point on it's like literally the one of the worst shows i've ever fucking watched it's so fucking bad yeah that's uh, yeah that's probably what the fate of like the witcher show is gonna be yeah reasonably soon yeah. i would say that's oh, well, what they've the got of- they've got pod favorite fucking uh like independence day of resurgence guy haven't they so <laughs> yeah I, I mean to be fair at a certain point it's inevitable because these things are like a lot of the money these shows make, so if you're not on HBO, because HBO is a subscription service, is from selling the rights abroad. It's and the it's thing, not and called them. Um, it's not called HBO anymore. They're changing it to Max. Oh, I don't give a shit. They I'm really, call it HBO. They, they really hate when people can find them on search engines. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. And now I have to call it Max's Rome. I won't be doing that. I'll be calling it HBO's <laughs> Rome forever. Um, another, by the way, a great historical prestige prestige drama, but like. Completely like fucked itself. Well, by... they got they got killed off in the second, uh, midway through the production of the second season, didn't they? They was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's enough of that. Cram great. like fifty years of history into like five episodes. Thanks, bye. Yeah, it was a great show, and to be fair, they did really well given what the circumstances were. But also, like the first season of Rome is like because Rome came out around 2000 I want to say it's a bit later than that but yeah a bit later maybe it was 2005 yeah like it was probably around the time Rome Total War came out actually now I think <laughs> about it which Rome was big at the time I guess but the the thing is like the quality of show back then was so like like Rome stands out for a show back then because shows were just worse there was a poorer production value whereas like Rome really like it holds up yeah, and part oh, of the yeah, reason, absolutely, I've really watched it quite re- recently. Yeah, like I I watch it all the time because I'm always on something, and I go, I was watching HBO's Rome recently. Whenever I want anyone's thing, and yeah, I, I, like they actually put a lot of that. You could tell there was a lot of effort put into that first season and the second season. It's not their fault that like they got the plug pulled on. Yeah, but that does that just does seem to happen because Rome was up until that point, I think, the most expensive TV show ever made. Yes, uh, which is by the way. Complete. You can tell because in twenty the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, it's still you know watchable in almost every way. History is a bit wrong, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think I think when uh, one of the I can't remember if it was one of the producers or the writer or director or whatever said they were they weren't trying to create accurate history. They were yeah. trying to make it period accurate. Yeah, yeah, than, and, yeah. And I and I think that's probably fine. By the way, because no one knows the minutiae of the, the 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 first and second Roman civil wars, like no one knows who the boat king Sextus is, right? No mm. one knows. It would be a really interesting thing to have in a TV show, but no one fucking knows, right? So like, no one's gonna miss it. 
or like no one's gonna know so that you can tell i like watch a youtube channel about roman history a lot <laughs> but one of the things that i find really interesting is there's that scene where they uh cut roman free where like mark anthony shows up with like a wicked hangover and it's like yeah. you have to speak very softly to me because i got really pissed at this wedding and they divide Roman to three. And so, like, they have um, Octavian, Mark Antony, and Lepidus. And Lepidus is always, like, the sort of making up the numbers member of the triumvirate in the show. And he gets, like, foisted with Africa and stuff. And they're just, like, they, they kind of do it as a joke to him. But the thing is, like, in the actual history, Lepidus was the senior partner because he was actually Caesar's number two guy when he died. So I always find that kind of weird to watch where Lepidus is just like this mousy guy who's really useless. When in fact he was probably the most competent of the three of them. He just got kind of shafted because he wasn't bribing everyone. <laughs> or accepting or accepting insane gifts from Herod, the guy who kills babies. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I found that really weird was Herod showing up in Rome. And, and just being like, I hear Roman men don't solicit bribes. However, I'm going to bribe you. <laughs> However, we do accept gifts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hit, you must offer it as a gift. And my auntie's like, yep, we are really, really hypocritical. I would like a substantial <laughs> gift, please. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, do, I do also like that scene where uh, Octavian confronts him about the gift. And he's like, what's one third of 20,000? And Mark Anthony just gives him the straight answer. Like, gives him the actual mathematical answer. And he's like, do you take me for a fool? And he's like, question after question. It's a really poor conversation. Like, just winding the gun up. Because he can. Great casting as well. I think that's something that's underrated in a lot of these shows is how good the casting is as well. Or how important the casting is. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like Rome nailed it. I think Game of Thrones did a really good job of it. Even even though like book nerds complain because they're like they don't look like the descriptions. Who gives yeah. a shit? It's a different oh, thing. It's a different fucking, fucking thing. The endless videos you get recommended on YouTube back then, where it was like fucking oh, actually like Tyrion should look like this, and they'd like fucking do you know what I mean? Sculpted a mutilated guy, and it's like yeah, but why do you care that much? Why yeah, is it was... so important that like the fucking guy on the show look that grim to you? You know. There's there was one that was like the real Tyrion Lancer, but it wasn't done as like a show gripe. It was like, hey, if you're wondering, this is what he should he he's described as in the book after the battle of the Blackwater, where he gets uh, a space hat. Th these were like fucking these were like just endless videos from like that kind of guy, you know. Mm. Is it is it the same as that guy who thinks the video game awards were hacked by Russia? Is it that exact genre of guy? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was. I, I just saw that video recently, and I was like, oh my fucking god. I need to. I need to. I need to just like log off. So once I've yeah. put this new stuff out, I'm just done. No, it's the same the kind, kind of guy that was really mad about all the fucking bricks and Andal. Yeah, I was going to uh, say it's the yeah. kind. The kind of guy we all like fucking yelled at on the movie time baby episode. Yeah, you know that that guy that had the little fucking action figure of uh, Gina Carano stuck to his microphone stand. Oh my god, that's so fucking sad. That's so sad. Oh my god. Just logging I, on, logging on the internet to tell everyone how like fucking uh, Catherine, what's her name, has like ruined Star Wars forever while sitting in front of a wall, a literal wall of Funko Pops still in the boxes. <laughs> yeah, I could never own a Funko Pop. I am over the age of thirteen, so yeah, just could could not do it. Andal's a great fucking example of a good prestige show that does like 
it, it definitely has elements of propaganda, but like the state for which that propaganda is formed does not yet exist. The, the so like the thing about Andor is how much of it is explicitly based off like the early Bolsheviks, right? Like yeah, I, like like the like the the payroll robbery, like one to one with a bank robbery. Stalin actually did right. But the the thing about it being, I think there's sort of this thing where we we kind of get way too into that sort of thing just because they're like, oh yeah, we based it on Stalin. Like, That's really cool, and it is a good show. Like it's a good show. And of all the characters they could have picked to make a show about, I would have picked, picked Andor last. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the most low-stakes character, but they made it work. Oh, they absolutely did, I think that's why it worked, though, because if they'd picked, like, a more sort of, like, prominent character, Disney would have been all over it with, like, well, you've got to explain where he got his shoes from. The fans will want to know that, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> By picking someone who's just, like not that important in the like the grand scheme of the Star Wars lore that the the guy's clearly allowed to just like do what he wants to do rather than what what is mandated by the fucking polling from like YouTube uh, YouTube nerd guys. Yeah, the the thing I always I so like I liked the anthology films when we were getting like I liked Rogue One and I liked Solo. I think Solo got panned, got like a negative reaction because people were pissed off at The Last Jedi for the wrong reason. Ah, like nah, the, I fucking I love the Last Jedi, but I fucking hated Solo. Yeah, see, I'm kind of the other way around where I didn't really vibe with the Last Jedi. I didn't mind it. I just was like, eh, you know, it's okay. We can kind. Of, I can. I I think the things that bothered me weren't like the fact that the known hot, sh- the known like hot headed dipshit who got demoted wasn't getting let in on the plan, or like the the sort of the hyperspace through the ship. That shit was cool. Yeah. That was really cool. But like. I, the thing about, like, the anthologies was they were, like, low-stakes stories, right? Because once you've done, like, Palpatine comes, spoiler alert, by the way, for episode 9, not that anyone <laughs> is going to watch it, but, like, Palpatine <laughs> comes back and is, like, mega Palpatine. Somehow. That's yeah. actually, Somehow he's returned. That's and, actually like, a spoiler for Fortnite, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I sort of... Um, I, I, yeah, I sort of... Um, I like the anthologies because they're low stakes. Because you can only really go low stakes now. It's kind of like the thing the MCU is going to have, where they um, th- once you've done Thanos, like what the fuck do you do next? Yeah, like, genuinely, <laughs> what do you do next? Just fucking chill, you know. Double do some low stakes stuff. Double Thanos. <laughs> I mean, wearing a glove on each arm. Yeah. <laughs> the, God, I just had a really cursed thought that I'm not going to say out loud in this podcast. <laughs> 62 <laughs> <laughs> right okay on that note I think we should probably wrap it up here um, so thank you very much Sinan for coming on tell us where people can find you and what you have done recently uh, yeah you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash Crusader where I'm streaming this is coming out uh, when this is coming out I'll be in the middle of my sort of new year's sort of schedule where I'll be fucking around and drinking a lot and having a nice time on i'm also on youtube youtube.com slash sk the crusader by this time by the time this is out i'll probably have a another video out which will be criticizing one of our favorite left-wing podcasters for constantly telling us to vote labor so that's that's gonna be fun i'm sure i'm sure there'll be no backlash like i'm sure that will go down no one will notice it it won't be a big deal it'll all be fine (laughs) uh and you can also find me and Jamie 
alongside our friend Ben at Peace at Home, which is yeah. our podcast of along, where I melt. Along with Music by Jordan, who's the, uh, the uh, left-wing podcaster you're going to start beef with in that YouTube video, if I remember right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to start complaining about people demanding credit for their work. <laughs> they do just say like, as you get older, you become more conservative. So yeah. <laughs> Just going to become a full debate bro, but about intellectual property. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's where you could find me. Thanks for having me, guys. No, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, congrats. As our streaming schedule is a bit all over the place at the moment, presumably. Um, quite probably because we've got more streams going on. Um, I'll be doing a couple of streams here and there um, where possible. So just keep a little eye out on Twitter, which is at PraxisCast. Follow the Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash PraxisCast. And if you want some bonus episodes including a bonus episode about Die Hards 3 and 5, which we recorded for Christmas, then, um, yeah, go join the Patreon. You will find that amongst others there. And I think that's... Oh, yeah, buy merch. Um, it's yeah, totally buy Christmas, merch. But buy merch anyway. You've got Christmas money now. People gave yeah. you money. Spend, Spend your Christmas money. money on the uh, the new shirt we put out to tie in with that bonus episode we just mentioned. Yes, do that. Um, yeah, and... Hope you have a, new, a nice new year. Aye. Cheers, everyone. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. Have a Cheers. good one, everyone. Catch you later. <laughs>